We are proud to announce a new sponsor for this podcast, Augie's Locker Room. Augie's Locker Room, which is located less than a mile away from Notre Dame Stadium, was named the best Notre Dame's collectible shop in the country. This shop is amazing. If you are a passionate Notre Dame fan and are looking for that special Notre Dame piece to complete your rec room, Augie's is the place to go. They have a wide selection of Notre Dame stadium pieces, jerseys, helmets, autographs, and one-of-a-kind Rockney items. They have an exclusive Joe Montana signed items. If Augie's doesn't have it in store, he will find it for you. Visit AugiesLockerRoom.com or stop in at 1811 South Bend Avenue and see the vintage helmet display dating back to 1890. AugiesLockerRoom.com or call 574-277-NDND. Leading off the 6 o'clock hour on Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Don't you guys go anywhere. Plan to put on a hitting display. The center fielder. That boy's good. Number nine. Nine times. Nine times. Nine times. A Midwest League champion. Adios! Walk-off home run! Eloy Jimenez! Who prefers to cheer for the birds on a bat. Adios! Goodbye! And maybe that's the winner! Here's Darren Pritchett. We move into the 6 o'clock hour. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. Also by Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, the Food Bank of Northern Indiana, the St. Joseph County 4-H Fair, and Pet Refuge. Tyler Horka covers Notre Dame football. He's their beat reporter at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. He covers Notre Dame baseball, Notre Dame hockey, you name it. He'll jump in. He'll cover it. He joins me, as he always does on Wednesdays here on Sports Radio 960 WSBT and Tyler had a very enjoyable stay in Omaha covering the Fighting Irish baseball team as their magical season ended up in Omaha. They went one and two. I was kind of getting a little greedy after they beat Texas because, Tyler, once you win that first game, that's when I think you can really start dreaming, hey, you got a shot to win a national championship. You lose that first game, four of the eight teams, their chances are all but gone. I mean, it's a tough road back, but you win that first game, then all of a sudden you start counting the games you need to win to get to the championship series. It doesn't take a whole lot, but unfortunately they ran into some good pitching. And I would say, Tyler, maybe you'll agree, maybe you'll disagree. I'm not sure the Irish were as sharp as they had been at times throughout the season. Oh, they looked excellent in that Texas game, and I was right there with you after that 7-3 to victory over the Longhorns. I was thinking, man, if they can just get some good pitching from Austin Temple in that second game, then all of a sudden you're one win away from going off to the championship series. And, you know, they've won two out of three against some really good teams all season long, you know, just a couple weeks ago against Tennessee. So you had to be thinking really, really highly of the Irish's chances, but then you know, like you said, pitching is what dominates in Omaha. And when they ran into Kay Horton against Oklahoma and he did what he did, I was like, man, it's, you know, tip your cap. And I think the Notre Dame players said that after the game. You tip your cap to a really good pitcher. Kay Horton pitched excellent. And that's why Oklahoma made it to the championship series. And then, obviously, in, a, in an elimination game against Texas A&M, they ran into a guy in Nathan Detmer who absolutely rocked in, yeah. his, in his first time out. And then he goes up and, and pitches – a gem by all accounts, you know, for, for what he is as a pitcher, you know, I didn't look at what he did before that game, but that was probably his best game of the season. And that's what it takes to win in Omaha. You've got to have 
best performances of the season in that environment, in that stage. And I don't think Notre Dame really got that from anyone, even in the Texas game. You know, John Michael Bertrand had to grind it out. Obviously, Austin Temple didn't even get out of the second inning of his start. So you have to have everything go perfectly when you're in Omaha. And like you said, it, it, I mean, it wasn't perfect against Texas, but it was good enough to put you in that mind frame of, oh, man, what, what could happen here? But then everything can unravel pretty quickly, and we saw that against Oklahoma and Texas A&M. Now, I'm not being derogatory toward this team as I make this next statement, but I think I'm being fair. But if you took the eight teams in Omaha, you put all the players on the field, and basically like in our old days as kids, you pick teams and you start playing, I'm not sure how many Notre Dame players would have been taken very early on in this so-called draft. I'm trying to put together and that's not saying they don't have good players but there's some high-end prospects they're at the college world series there aren't that many high-end prospects on this Notre Dame baseball team now players have to perform they got themselves to Omaha but I'm kind of heading toward Link Jarrett and this coaching staff Tyler can you put any sort of how much of an impact Link and his coaching staff had on the development of this team, putting them in position, and that allowed them to have success in so many games this year, resulting in a trip to Omaha. I think you make a really good point right there. I mean, look at that first game against Texas. You've got Ivan Melendez, player of the year at first base. You've got a guy in Skyler Messenger. You know, I was standing on the field pregame, and I'm like, oh, my gosh, that is a really big third baseman, and he can make – all the plays. Trey Faltini's a really athletic guy at shortstop. If you were picking just, you know, if you lined up the Notre Dame roster and then you had Texas on the other side, I think you would say that team's going to win seven to three or more pointing at the Longhorns and Notre Dame just kind of dominated them. They played a really clean game. Obviously their best game of the college world series. And to your point, Absolutely. That, that all falls on coaching. That all falls on Link Jarrett. And this just this wasn't a one-game thing like, oh, look what they did against Texas. Look what they did against Tennessee. Look what they did against a really good ACC conference and almost won that for the second consecutive season in the regular season. And, you know, they were just really consistent. I think, I think that's the thing that Jarrett brought to them was, okay, yeah, they were playing at an elite level. They had the second-best winning percentage in the country in the last three years. But it, once they got there, they maintained that level of consistency. They maintained an elite status, and that is really hard to do, and that doesn't come around without really good coaching. Paul Maneri did it here at Notre Dame for about 12 years. If you go, you know, I know Link Jarrett in his introductory press conference at Florida State this week said, you know, we kind of did something at Notre Dame that had never been done. Well, Paul Maneri took this team to the College World Series as well, and if you look at some of the seasons after that, I mean, I think they went to eight straight regionals. They probably had some College World Series caliber teams in there that could have made another run to Omaha. But, you know, we were talking before we got on here, baseball, it's it's really hard to put it all together. And, you know, it it shows once you get into the postseason. But just the fact that Link Jarrett had this team on the verge of the College World Series last year, and they narrowly lose to the eventual national champion. And then they knock out the number one team in baseball for the entire year. Tennessee was the best team in the country. Knock them out on their home turf. They go and win a game in Omaha. Yeah, you can do that with elite players, but you usually do that with really special coaching. And, you know, Lake Jarrett said after the Texas A&M game, I don't get all of these requests from Clemson and Florida State and all these people who want me to come coach their program if we're not doing really special things here. And it always starts at the top, and that was Link Jarrett. 
He's Tyler Horka, Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. At this point, Tyler, we have no idea who the next Notre Dame baseball coach is going to be, but how would you sum up the roster that awaits the brand-new head coach? Well, that's kind of up in the air as well. Obviously, there were – I think it was it was eight graduate transfers in 17 years or vice versa. So, basically, you had 15 – really veteran guys and that's another reason why they were in omaha because you know those guys were here for four or five years and they knew what it took eventually if they had the right coach to get there so you're going to lose those eight graduate seniors and the problem with that is you're losing john michael bertrand your ace you're losing austin temple your number two starter so there's your your two starting you know best starting pitchers the guys that were slotted in friday saturday all year they're gone guys like jared miller at second base He's gone. Um, you know, Carter Putz is a senior, and I've been talking to some people. He might come back. So you have some seniors in that infield and outfield that might come back. But, you know, Brooks Cosey, also one of those guys that could come back. But Ryan Cole is gone. Uh, Jack Brannigan might get drafted and say so long, even though he's a junior. So to answer your question, the head coach, whoever that may be, who, I don't know if he's going to be hired tomorrow. I don't know if he's going to be hired in two weeks. That guy doesn't even know what he's going to be inheriting. And obviously those are some of the conversations that that, that person is probably having with Jack Swarbrick because, hey, what, what am I taking over? What do you think is going to happen? But guess what? Jack Swarbrick doesn't know the answer to those questions either. So yeah. you're going to have to hope that, uh, you know, Rich Wallace and, and Chuck Rostano and obviously Link Jarek did a really phenomenal job coach, uh, recruiting. And there's a pretty solid recruiting class coming in, one that's on the fringe of a top 20 ranking according to Perfect Game. So – Hopefully most of those guys end up on campus and, and don't go to the minor leagues if they get drafted here in a couple of weeks. And then you've got some young talent on campus as well. You know, Jack Finley is the surprise Boy. star of this team in the last month, and you hope that he can turn into a, a Friday night starter. So there's some pieces in play, but there's also a lot of question marks looming about this team too. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. One more baseball question, then we'll move on to football. I guess, would you assume that the next head coach will not come from the Notre Dame coaching staff? Is that our best guess at this particular time? Yeah, I think the prime candidate, you know, and I I put out uh, six candidates as soon as Link Jarrett went to Florida State last Friday, is someone who's established himself as a head coach at a mid-major school or a smaller school and has taken that team to the NCAA tournament a couple times and has won conference championships, you know, even if it is a smaller conference and has won coach of the year awards in that conference. Mm -hmm. Those are guys like 
Jordan Bissell at Central Michigan, Justin Hare at Campbell. Those are two guys who, whose teams I've actually seen play in person. I had the privilege of doing that while I was covering Mississippi State, and you know I was wowed. It, it, Mississippi State's probably the the mecca of college baseball, and and those people were scared to have Bissell's team come in, Hare's team come in. So you're looking at guys like that, but I also think you give you know Rich Wallace and Chuck Ristano, who I just mentioned, a chance. I think it's likely that at least one of those guys follows uh, Link Jarrett down to Florida State. But Chuck Cristano has been here for 12 years. He was here for the whole Mikaoki experience, and then he was here for all three of Link Jarrett's years too. So his wife is a softball coach, at, uh, an assistant softball coach at Notre Dame. So his family's entrenched in South Bend. I think that's the interesting piece. Uh, Rich Wallace, I think, is more likely to follow Link Jarrett, but I think he could be a candidate too. So to answer your question, Yes, I think it's an external hire, but you've got to look at the internal guys, too. Tyler, you had the chance to spend a little time with Notre Dame head football coach Marcus Freeman, and I know you're going to have a bunch of articles coming out. you got the Blue and Gold preview magazine that's going to be coming soon. So I just want to ask you about one thing in terms of injuries. You did ask Marcus about a couple of players and their status. I think a lot of people are interested to know where Logan Diggs stands right now, a player that was injured in the blue goal game, had the shoulder labrum surgery. Is there any chance at all we could see Diggs against Ohio State? I think there is a chance, but Marcus uh, you can kind of read body language. That's what I liked about being in the one-on-one setting. We were in his office. It was me and my coworker, Patrick Engel, and we asked him these questions about the injuries. He seemed cautious, cautiously optimistic, and that's what Patrick wrote in his article, that, yeah, there's a chance. Um, he, he labeled it as sometime in September, and obviously the Ohio State game is sometime in September. So I don't know if it would be a case of, He's trying to rush back to make that game, and if that is the case, you probably don't want that to happen. You know, you wait for, I don't know, Cal maybe in the third game of the season is a good time to kind of get him some reps and up to speed before some of those tougher games you know, later on come around at BYU's. But, you know, if he's feeling good and Notre Dame thinks he's in a spot where he can contribute in an environment like that against the top five team in the country – I think you put him in there, especially considering where this running back room is at without one of its scholarship players for the entire season and Jadarian Price, who went down with an Achilles injury last week. So let's look ahead to that first game from a running back perspective. Chris Tyree has been battling injuries the last calendar year, the turf toe in the second half of last year. Now, he had an ankle in the spring. I'm assuming, Tyler, if it's the football season, we're in game action, he probably plays. But you're cautious in the spring, but still, he was dealing with an ankle. Estime has had seven carries in his collegiate career, and the number three running back on the depth chart presumably could be a guy that just arrived on campus. So I'm just wondering your thoughts on what that running back depth chart might look like against Ohio State, and should fans be a little nervous about that running back depth chart going into Columbus? I'll answer your second question first, and it's yes. Absolutely, (laughs) they should be a little nervous. However, these are the same fans who we've, you know, we've heard for two years with Chris Tyree where it's like, oh, my goodness, we need to get this guy more involved. He needs to get the football. He's the fastest guy on the team. He can do things in space that nobody else on the team can do. 
let's see what he's got. All right, Chris Tyree, let's see what you've got. You're the clear number one. You have by far the most experience of anyone who's going to be fully healthy in the running back room in that game. So, you know, all the talk since Logan Diggs replaced Chris Tyree when he had the turf toe injury last fall was, oh, man, when Kyron Williams is gone, I'm not sure if Chris Tyree is number one, if Logan Diggs is number one. Well, Logan Diggs is still going to be nursing a little bit of a recovery with that shoulder. So, Chris Tyree, you're number one. But then the, the talk with these fans has also been, oh, my goodness, Audric Estime is a bowling ball on feet. Let's get this guy the ball and just <laughs> let him run downhill. It's like the perfect you know, thunder and lightning type of compliment. And, and Chris Tyree is the lightning and Audric Estime is the thunder, obviously. So I think if you're just looking at those two guys from that perspective, it's, oh, man, these guys really complement each other really well. And, that, and, you know, in a perfect world, this is exactly what you want in a one-two running back punch. But you mentioned it. Estime only has seven carries in his career. Chris Tyree has been hampered by injuries for the last, you know, 12 months. We'll see what happens there. So, yes, absolutely they should be nervous. But Jabron Payne, uh, welcome to Notre Dame. Uh, <laughs> you kind of walked into a situation where you might be playing a whole lot more than you expected in year one. And sometimes it just works out that way. So we've been talking about the wide receivers and how low those numbers are, but the running back numbers are scary low. And that's all transpired in the last two or three months. See, I think, Tyler, this is a situation where the injuries happen far enough away from the first game where you're going to have all fall camp for those guys to get the reps necessary to at least get them ready. So if you're going to have an injury, better now than in August. So I guess I'm trying to find a positive in all this, so those guys will have more reps probably than they expected once we get to fall camp. Just to add on to this running back room conversation, I think it affects a little bit of the Notre Dame game plan in the passing game because, my goodness, Tyler, we have seen what Chris Tyree can do catching the football, and heck, Jadarian Price in the blue goal game, he had eight catches, so those are guys that could be used in the passing game. Price is out for the year with that Achilles rupture. But Tyree, it almost makes you wonder, can Tommy Reese use him as much as a wide receiver in formations than he wanted to or wants to because of the current situation in the running back room? Yeah, you really don't want your quarterback to have to throw the ball fifty, you know, 40 or 50 times in his first career start, whether that's Tyler Buckner or Drew Pines. But Notre Dame might be in a situation where that has to happen. And football has evolved so much over the last 10 years where, you know, 40 or 50 passes, we see it all the time. And it's those 40 or 50 passes aren't drop back, heave it down the field. You know, there's RPOs, there's different ways to get the ball out quickly. I think we'll see that. And a lot of that has to do with Chris Tyree lining up in the slot. Absolutely. Uh, Even with this wide receiver room being what it is, you'll probably see some five wide, but five wide is going to include Chris Tyree in the slot, maybe lined up right next to Michael Mayer, who's basically playing wide receiver at that point. And at that point you're, you're like, okay, yeah, we've got five options to throw the ball to, but one of them's a running back. And like I said, he's the fastest guy on the team. And another one is a tight end who might be the best tight end in the country. So I think Notre Dame still kind of likes the looks that it can throw at the opposition, but uh, this is all something that has to materialize rather quickly. I know they have all fall camp to get it done, but you kind of went into the year, you know, into spring ball thinking, and, and Marcus Freeman said this himself, 
we're going to be a team that runs the ball really effectively, and that's going to be our MO. That's going to be number one. I don't know if you want to do that now because that's putting the ball in the hands of a guy who's been injured often the last 10, 12 months, and that's putting the ball in the hands of a guy who's only had the ball in his hands seven times in his college career. So absolutely put Chris Tyree in the slot, do some creative things, run some, you know, options with Chris Tyree and Tyler Buckner. I think that could be really effective. Tommy Reese is going to have to get creative. Absolutely. Hmm. I want to get to one more subject before we wrap up our conversation. I mentioned you had the chance to go one-on-one with Marcus Freeman this week, and I don't want you to give away good nuggets that you're going to have coming up at Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com, but tease our listeners a little bit. Give me a little something from the conversation that maybe caught your attention or you thought was fun and exciting. Well, just being in his office for the first time, you kind of – Everything that you think about him is reaffirmed. I mean, I don't know how big this portrait of his family on the day that he was introduced as Notre Dame head coach. I think everyone's seen the picture where he's standing at the 50-yard line of Notre Dame Stadium. And I think it snowed that day or it was frosty. It was cold. But the family, you know, looks warm as ever. And it's hanging right above his desk. And then on the opposite side of the room, you know, facing each other, there's six individual framed photos of his six children. So mm. when you see them running around the field and, you know, he's always talking about them, that's real. I got the sense that that is real when I was in the office with him. So that was really cool. And then just another thing about it was I think some of the other beat writers, and I know for a fact, uh, you know, at least a couple of them had the same opportunity and it was timed. It was 30 minutes. You get to ask them whatever you want. Patrick and I were the last ones to go. So he had been through probably at least a couple hours of these and who knows what else he had to do that day. And he just, you know, when we walked in, shook our hands, said, let's do this, guys. Let's let's roll. Hit, hit me with what you got. And, <laughs> you know, for everything that a head coach has to do in college football these days, for him to do that, and, you know, we asked him personnel questions. And then we asked him some, you know, more flowery questions about, you know, NIL and, and, and tried to get him to open up his mind. And he was, you know, he was the same guy that, that you've always seen. So it was cool to see him that genuine in a setting where there's literally awesome. only four people in the room, Katie Lonergan being the other one. So Marcus Freeman is Marcus Freeman. That, that's all I got to say about that. Hmm. I'm not surprised that's the way he was. That's what I would have anticipated. Very, very cool to hear. And so I would assume in the coming weeks and leading up to the season, you're going to bring more of that information you got from Marcus to Blue and Gold Illustrated, blueandgold.com. Yeah, absolutely. Everything that we've written so far from that, which I think is pushing 10 articles already, and it's only been 48 hours, so that just tells you what we're doing. Uh, It's been behind the paywall, but we are still running the $1 for 12 months of premium access. You cannot beat it. Uh, The the season's only, well, I think today was 66 days. I mean, we're we're getting close to two two months here. So if you're a Notre Dame football fan, you absolutely have to sign up. It's only a dollar. We cover Notre Dame football like nobody else. Go to blueandgold.com. I think we actually sold out of the preview magazine, so I'm I'm sad to say that, but that just shows all the interest that yep. everyone has in that. So Blue and Gold Illustrated is the place to be, whether it's print or online. Always great to talk to you, Tyler. Glad you had a great time in Omaha, and I'll look forward to talking to you again next week. Yeah, absolutely. Thanks for having me on, Darren. Thank you so much. Tyler Horka does a terrific job covering the Fighting Irish, the Notre Dame football beat reporter, Blue and Gold Illustrated, Blue and Gold dot com.
It is now 29 minutes after 6 o'clock. I'm Darren Pritchett. This is Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on your home of the Fighting Irish Sports Radio 960 WSBT. It's time for today's Lucky Land Horoscope with Victoria Cash. Life's gotten mundane, so shake up the daily routine and be adventurous with a trip to Lucky Land. You know what they say. Your chance to win starts with a spin. So go to LuckyLandSlots.com to play over 100 social casino-style games for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Get lucky today at LuckyLandSlots.com. Available to players in the U.S., excluding Washington and Michigan. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply.